Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Let's Do the Right Thing in association with RadioWorks. Presented and curated by Adam Hopkinson. This is the LDTRT podcast, brought in conjunction with Passion Media and RadioWorks. It was set up to tell the story of people going it their own way in media industries. I launched a media agency last year, Passion, to focus in fashion, entertainment and leisure verticals. And I've had loads of great advice along the way in doing so. And in fact, a lot of it from guests on this podcast. It has, however, morphed over the last couple of years as I've become more interested in what has changed for media and marketing professionals and their ways that they are addressing changes in consumer behaviour. And whilst launching an agency, I'm still on the mission to gather great advice. I'm really psyched today to be talking to Dan Crester, who rather accurately describes himself as a part tinkerer, a part problem solver, a part optimist and a part connector. Um, Dan, whenever we chat, great ideas ping around my head. So I'm really relieved that we're recording this today so that I can actually go back and you know, revisit some of your wisdom. Um, but where do we start? I mean, lots of things. Should we start with nurture? Um, yeah, or randomness. Well, first of all, it's just really, really great to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your pod world. It's my pleasure. It's uh, it's all a bit scary and very, world. very professional. It, it is, has isn't to it? be said. And an underground studio in Soho. I bet some good stories here. I don't even know if it's light or dark outside. It's really quite worrying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do you want to start? Sorry, um, nurture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a, a departure. It's. Uh, our new world, I say ours, because it's mine and my business partner, Gemma's. And um, yeah, it's a bit of an adventure away from the world of media, um, or directly away from the world of media. And it's it's fun. It's the first time I've set up a business with someone else, which in itself was quite a departure, because it's really difficult to find the right person to set a business up with. And we are, fundamentally, it's a business based on bringing people together to make stuff happen. Um which I guess is something we've been doing forever. You've been connecting people forever, one way or another. Well, I, I believe it was it was one of our one of our mutual friends and one of your other guests on this on this pod who uh, suggested that I should try to make it pay, uh, Mr. Durden. So I just keep introducing people. He goes, "You've got to make that into a business at some point." Can we just play to Jonathan very shortly? Like he is our hero. Oh. I, I love him dearly. He will be listening to this. Uh, so I, I hope so. I hope so. Because uh, given that I, I first. Worked for him some 23 years ago. No, 25 years ago. At what point do we stop counting the years and just, I used to work for him? Oh, I, 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 I'm, I could go through decades at the moment and then it'll be terrifying. Years, isn't it? It? it really Where did is. it go? It really is, yeah. I, I didn't really intend to be in this business for that long, no. if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I should be a spaceman by now or a yeah. rock star. <laughs> <laughs> or I should just be sitting somewhere in the Bahamas doing not much and, and trying to catch fish. Um, 
but yeah, so so yeah, nurture is what nurture is. It's it's it, it, part of our our um, world of bringing people together to make great things happen. Um, and it's two years in, and it's been a world of fun. And are you uh, diarising your journey? I mean, are, are you keeping a record of the highs and the lows? And um, not that we would want to dwell on. No, there's lots of uh, memos around the office. Uh, we we have an office for a start, which is something I never That's thought we were going to yep. do in this day and age. Um, but we have an office, and there's lots of things around the office that that are kind of mementos of certain points along the journey, some of which have been bought for us, some of which we've bought, some of which we just can't get rid of. Um, uh, and, yeah, we're not diarising it, but I think when there's only two of you in the business, you remember every single significant step along the way. But because we started up in COVID, we have absolutely no idea what order they happened in. Yeah. Because that's... Just yeah, happened. Just just working yeah. out that we are two years, two and a half years in, it, it's kind of unbelievable because we spent four or five months just hanging out in in cafes and yeah. bars and trying to get the idea honed so that we could go out and find some clients. Cafes um, and bars in COVID must have been a pretty short supply. It was just before COVID actually kicked okay. in. Um, that uh, and probably just before we got kicked out of some bars, um, but no. So so yeah, that was it. And then we had to we had that big hiatus of what fourteen weeks at the start of COVID when we didn't see each other. We just had Zoom and everyone was getting zoomed out. Um, and then when we got back and we were allowed to release into the outside world, we just decided that we just need to get an office, don't we? Yeah, um, and we have a very pleasant office down in Richmond that you must come and visit sometime. Oh, well, ah, so I, I will absolutely jump at that invite there, given that you said just before we started this that you don't invite very many people to it. So I will take that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah, mean I didn't think you were going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't invite many people, but but you are always more than welcome. Oh, you're so um, kind. And uh, in the the throbbing metropolis that is Richmond, um, and it's great. Yeah, it's it's. We have our own space, our own office. We bring clients there. It's a collaborative space at the end of the day. So it's nice to bring people in that, that can actually appreciate it and do stuff and work together. Amazing. So you need a space to bring people together. You just It's not just an introductory thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you are welcome any time. Oh, well, then, then I shall turn up. And, <laughs> um, and it's going well. So in your, well, I suppose you're in your third year now of nurture. It's our third year, yeah. and and I. Th- but the, the business has changed over and over again. It changes every six months. Not yeah. fundamentally. You're not using the word pivot, refined. though, are you? No, I don't like no, the word. No, pivot I don't like it either. Because that suggests that you're leaving everything behind. Pivot yeah. to me is almost heading in a totally different direction. I, agree. I think it evolves developing. and it becomes refined. Yeah, and we are better at describing it. So we are. At the very heart of everything, we are bringing people together to make great things happen. There's very clearly three pillars. One is around original content and experiences, and that could be anything from it can be an internal employee engagement program that we've done for a big corporate where we bring along the most amazing speakers, and it's about getting them to think differently, so bringing external perspectives into their business. But it's not just a big inspirational piece. We give them the tools to go and try within their business. So there's three things that you can go and try as a result of every speaker. And then they report back to see how it's gone because not everything works for everyone. Yeah. So they try things on for size. Uh, but that could also be um, our own pod series called Are You Sitting Uncomfortably that Gemma hosts, which is uncomfortable conversations around topics that matter. Yep. Um, and that's flying. Um, but it could also be a half day. It could be a conference. It could be live. Anything around the content and experiences. So that's one pillar. Then we also represent and work with a lot of talent, so people, if you like, um, 
who are the most amazing speakers, but they're not the ones that you'll see absolutely everywhere. Mm. We're trying to nurture new talent, as as our name suggests. Yep. We're not after the the established people that are on the circuit. We want people who are doing something a bit different. You know, uh, we've got Paralympians, we've got Resilience Ninjas, we've got Oh, well, hold teachers. on, a, a Resilience Ninja? We've got a Resilience Ninja. I'm obviously going to zero in on that. What is that? Oh, she is amazing. Jazz Amplifar is just amazing. You would love her. Um, <laughs> you will meet her at some point, I promise. Oh, wow. Um, and she has got the most fabulous story and just wants to tell it to as many people as she possibly can. Um, her background, her backstory, her her whole story is amazing. We're working really closely with her, and yeah, I just it, that's just just one of the things that we're doing, and it gets me, it makes me smile, it gets me excited, um, and a lot more excited than I used to get around spreadsheets, mm. you know. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I see the comparison, yeah. <laughs> and then and then the final pillar, uh, apart from beyond that, is is really where we work with people around partnerships, collaboration, and that can mean co ventures. So. We've got a number of different ventures coming up from helping with the launch of a social media network that gives a large percentage of its profits to good causes. So it's not about making some people in Silicon Valley very rich, but it is about making the world a slightly better place. And if we can work with businesses... Did I accidentally them... mention it in our conversation before this? No, you didn't. Okay, no, 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 definitely not. That's not in the social media network. Um, because cause we've got the difference between working in the places I've worked before, or the places we've worked before, is that we get to choose who we work with. So it's not all about the money. We don't just have to take the buck. We yeah. don't do things just for the cash. Um, we're in a position where we work with businesses that we admire, people we like, and where we can have a genuine impact and make a difference. Amazing. So that is a different filter to any agency or any media owner or any business I've ever worked with, yeah. where the first question is about reward and, and income, and then everything else is almost a justification of why yeah. or, or why not. Um, so your purpose first, then? Well... Do you know what? Without being overly worthy or earnest about it, we are looking for we're looking for the perfect combination. Uh, I don't want to work with people I don't like, yeah, uh, and also who don't like me um, or don't like us. Um, I want to work with businesses that I fundamentally admire, and there's so many businesses out there that I admire that I don't think we need to work with, with yeah. any others. Um, and obviously, if we can make a difference, making a difference does not necessarily mean making the planet a better place uh, alone. It could be. We can work with social enterprises, we can work with um, causes and movements, but also we can just work with someone to make their people better. If we are helping them not necessarily upskill, but open their eyes and inspire their people to be the best they possibly can, then then that's making a difference as well. It doesn't just have to be around a bunch of sustainability goals or things like that, although we are very mindful of things like that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're very smiley anyway, but you're smiling um, a little bit more when you're talking about um, choosing the people that you're working with. Do you, is that the biggest thing, biggest difference, biggest positive difference rather um, for not working in an organisation for you? Um, I think it's about being a bit in control of who you work with and the sort of work that you do. So, um, well, for a start, I picked a business partner. Oh, sorry, we picked our business partnership uh, because we like each other and we get on with each other. Therefore, that's a bit of a starter. That's based around trust. It's Mm. about wanting to work together as opposed to being forced into a team. Out of curiosity, were you friends first or colleagues first? Oh, friends. We've been... I met Gemma when she was membership manager at the marketing society oh, really? which gives you an idea of how long ago that was oh, i gosh. think it was it was in my days when i was at naked so it would have been probably 2005 2006 something right. like that i think um so it's not something that we decided overnight so mm. and then and then we were regular lunches and and things like that for ages so you start bouncing ideas around yeah. and you start to realize that yeah these are on the same page although we're very different people yeah um but i think that's it. If you, if you find your business partner, which is, and my advice to anyone, be just get an amazing business partner who can do all the stuff you can't. Um, or even some of the stuff you can, just a lot better. Uh, and then I, I just think when you're in a big, when you're a bi- in a bigger organisation, you have to make choices because of the organisation, not because it's right for you. Yeah. And that's cool. I've, I found out really early doors that I am good at working with corporates, but not in corporates. And... I think we've discussed this in the past where I loved working with Microsoft and Master Foods mm. and Miles Confectionery and 118 and Honda and the government and, and all these huge businesses. And we still do work with some huge businesses, um, but I'm not the individual to be within those. Yeah. I never really fitted in with a big media network because they were, they were specialists in just media and, and not necessarily thinking broader, although now they're very, very different, you know. Um, but I just I think that working for yourself gives affords you choice. Yes, um, it does. And yeah. that's that's the big thing you have. And what you sacrifice is the certainty of let's call them wages. <laughs> <laughs> A pay packet at the end of every month. Damn it, I should have got coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think yeah, things like that um, you miss, but you don't miss it for very long, and you enjoy the being able to make your own decisions, mm. or not even your own decisions, just saying, shall we do this? And you either both agree or one of you explains it and the other one then agrees or disagrees. Yeah. And it's a really quick yes or no. So things happen quickly in a smaller business. Yeah, and then obviously in a corporate, you've got machinery to go through and loops and reporting cycles and it's a nightmare. Yeah. So, so you're fleeter. 
you're faster, you're working with businesses that, that you want to be working with, you've got an ideal business partner rather than being part of a team that you've inherited, etc. Are there any downsides to going out on your own in the mind of a tinkerer? Oh, there are loads. Of course, I mean, in your mind there are. I mean, it's, it's things like you feel guilty about holidays. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's the tiny, it's the little things. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, bank holidays become... Um, Half days. Yeah. 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 Or, or so, so, but on the other hand, Still you need also, to get that stuff done. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can also turn around and say, you know what? I'm going to take Thursday and Friday off this week mm. because we've just completed this project. Yeah. Um, whereas if you go into a bigger business, then you've never finished everything. No. Because once you've done there, you've got this, and you typically you've got such a range and vast portfolio of clients that there'll always be something to do somewhere. Yeah. And if you could work at weekends in a big business, you, they would have you work at weekends a lot of the time. Um, so, again, I think it affords choice. There are downsides. There are challenges. There are moments when you think, have I done the right thing? Um, and that's why I think having a business partner instead of being a solo founder yes. helps because you're rarely both having the down moments. Yeah, absolutely. And you always need someone to drag you up. And I want to say a partner. It can just be, it doesn't have to be a co-founder. It can be a funder. It can yeah. be It could be a mentor of some description. It could be a chairman that you have or something yeah. like that that just drags you up when you're feeling down and also holds you back when you're thinking that you're going to take on the world necessarily. Yes, exactly. To manage your expectations. Tempers your yeah. um, enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of reality. Absolutely. It takes the tops off the mountains and fills in the valleys a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. a great way of putting it. I, I love that. I'll, I'll, I'll pinch that. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I think that's incredible. I'm Honestly, I, I, I do. I do. I just love that. It's, it's a great way of putting it. But, but sometimes I think the highs are higher and the lows are lower when you're running your own business. Yeah. Because it's your own business. So yeah. things are more personal. And I think part of it is learning not to take a lot of business decisions or other people's decisions as being personal. Mm -hmm. It is just business. It is. Um, uh, and I think the other thing that it has taught both of us is perfectionism is not always your friend. Yeah, I agree. Because, well, several things. One, perfectionism suggests that you think everyone else is as interested in your stuff as you are, mm -hmm. and they're not paying as that, much attention. No, agreed. Um, however, there's also this thing that sometimes people just want to see something quickly. Yes, nearly perfect yeah as opposed to where is it yes oh it's be with you once it's perfect because because yeah. people yeah, no, don't agree, agree. Agree. you can make yeah. a decision on something that's imperfect pretty quickly um and and we all have our own different takes on perfectionism i've noticed my ocd creeping in every now and then around design stuff and things like that that just makes me go eek yeah um and as grammar and stuff like that, oh. certain things. Oh no, no, you 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 have to retain that the 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 stray apostrophes and the. Uh... Oh, uh, my my bugbear is fewer versus less. It's like please just Absolutely. get it the right the, way around it. Do, yeah. do, do people do get taught this though? Right. Well, not everyone. there are fewer not people everyone. being taught good grammar <laughs> these days. <laughs> there are less of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so um, your where's the apostrophe go for your look, your your oh, you know it drives you nuts, doesn't it? You it see does. it everywhere. It, it does, yeah. and, and it's and I think that um, yeah, we revert to text speak and social media speak far too easily yeah. sometimes, don't we? It's like <laughs> yeah. it's all right. Got the message across. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I think that you find a lot out about yourself. Yes. When you're running your own business, you do, and and if and if you are doing it openly and honestly, you you acknowledge those things, and you find somebody to do those things that you can't do. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I, when I started off on my own, you know, I started getting distracted very quickly into design things and making it look beautiful and making it because you, you believe in your brand and you're trying to present something that's beautiful and amazing that people are going to you know, love and enjoy as much as you do. They don't. They want the answer. They might want the justification behind it afterwards, but they want the answer. And nine times out of ten, they're buying you and not your brand. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that will happen until you become big enough that you are no longer important and the brand speaks more than you, yes. which we'd all like to get to at some point. Absolutely. But that comes with another set of fears. Oh, my God. Because like, yeah. you become an irrelevance then because yeah. the brand speaks louder than you do. Which is what it should do if it's about the business. Yeah. 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 But it's not always about the business. It's no, a lot it's of not. It's about we can't help but taking it? it personally. Well, and, you know, oh my god, they've it. ghosted me. It must be, but no, it's because I've got a million things to do, and it's going to happen. Yeah, you're you one know. of many things they've yeah. got to do. They will get round to you. Yeah. You've kind of got to believe that, and it makes you very thick-skinned. Um, it also makes you ask the direct question a bit more. I think when it's when it's your livelihood. Well, we should be doing that anyway, shouldn't we? Really, you know, what 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 do you need? What what is it that you want? What are you looking for? What do you think it looks like? You know, rather than give us a brief. Oh, it's got to be a media first. Great. Okay. But, but we all know they don't want the media first because they want the media first with all of the proof that it will work, which to me is a media third or fourth. So you well, can well, yeah, it can't, first it can't be a media first then, can exactly. it? <laughs> By its very nature. Um, but, you know, I just, yeah. I, I, there are, I, I'm, I feel liberated in so many ways. Amazing. Um, but it's also, it's not without its challenges. Do those you... challenges are fun because you take those on and you take them on as a team and nothing feels insurmountable. You you, you mentioned that, you know, the, the bank holidays are not what they used to be, etc. I, mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, thank God they're not. You know, I, I, used, I used to really look forward to the Easter holiday. So the four days that you have off and that was just a session for four days and I'm so pleased I'm not doing that anymore but what, what I have noticed is that I have to actively make myself take care of myself into not working all of the time are you doing that are you is, is, is are you finding Dan time um yeah to, and that's not Dan uh, time that's <laughs> Dan time you got South London um <laughs> I think sometimes you take care of yourself other times you become um it, it's all consuming yeah yeah, work is all-consuming, but it's in fits and starts. And I think the difference is that having worked in larger agency models, you're no sooner finished with one pitch, especially because I did a lot of new yeah. biz and a lot of pitching and a lot of, you know, strategy and a lot. So, but you're no, no sooner you've finished with one pitch than you're on to the next. Uh, and if you look at how a lot of... Um, I mean, McLaren used to operate like this. They used to have various different teams that went with different units, and they'd the build up to a, a Grand Prix, and then they'd get, yeah, the race would happen, everything would, mm. happen, but then they'd have two or three weeks downtime. Yep. Yeah, and another team would come in and take everything on to the next. Um, and I think that there's a lot to be learned by that. Mm. You can't, you can't run at this level. It's not sprinting a marathon. You can't run at that level. Yeah. Consistently without breaking something. Yep. Uh, and I think that we are good at taking our foot off the gas every now and then. Good. And sitting back or whatever whatever terminology you like to do, put your foot on the ball and have a look around. It's, they, they all seem to be. They all seem to be sporting metaphors, don't they? I, I, I will try and steal that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, there is a, yeah. a sense of you've just got to calm down. So Friday, yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Fridays are not a primary work day yeah. for us because it's that we have a reflection. 
Yeah. We look at what we've got to do the next week. Yeah. We agree what we're going to get done so we can both hold each other to account and all of our partners as well that we bring in on projects so we can hold people to account. Uh, we probably look at the stuff that slipped that week and said, look, that has to be a Friday afternoon or a Monday morning job. Yeah. So you just keep on it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it means that there's no nasty surprises. And because there's two of us, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. And that's quite nice as well. So... You know, there is a sense of, have you done that yet? And there's always something that you shy away from. Yeah, the yeah. awkward email, yeah. or the call you've got to put in, or the, I want to give them a nudge, but I don't want to hear bad news. Yeah. Or I don't want to be a, I don't want to appear too keen. But I think by structuring our week in a smarter way, we alleviate the pressure. So yeah, I, I address I address that slightly differently. The, the, I clearly do it wrong by what you've just said. So I'm really keen to to be working with you. Uh, da, 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 da. Is there any feedback on things? So you, you kind of you know, uh, all, all overly keen, like a puppy. And uh, <laughs> I like, we should play poker. <laughs> no, actually, that, that that is one rule of mine in life that I must never play poker. With. Oh, <laughs> right, all in. <laughs> I'm okay. I'll pass on this one. But yeah, so I, I think that. I think that managing your time, but it's no right or wrong. Everyone yeah. does it in a different way. Yeah. Now, now some people start the week slow and build up. Some people, we're quite good at bookending the week. So our days in town or or are kind of set. We do vary, but those are the ones because we just you've got to manage your energy as much as, as your time. I agree, and, and yeah, and actually, you know, we touched on it before we came in here. But you know, as, as getting older, I'm noticing that more and more. I have a wedge-shaped week, so <laughs> m- Monday is is a long day. You know, I'll, I'll start at sort of half past seven and probably finish at about half past seven at night, and that's yeah. twelve hours of pretty concentrated. You know, there's no distractions at home. It's lovely. You know, just get loads and loads and loads done. Tuesdays less Wednesday's probably significantly less and then it tapers into Friday being a a non-pressured day and and I love that you well, know I absolutely love up, that it sets you up for the weekend yeah. in a good sense doesn't it because you know that that's it, it you don't you don't have to drag yourself away from work for yeah. the weekend it exactly. just naturally tapers out and that's very similar with us and actually it just works for us and yeah. I think every Every person, every partnership, every business finds its natural rhythm yeah and once you hit that natural rhythm you kind of stick with it. Mm. And I'll say, it takes a lot to get me into town on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> because well, it doesn't, I'm not Dan. used to. It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't. You know what it takes. <laughs> no, you'll be amazed. I've got a table of Groucho. You in? I, I can't. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which Friday? That Friday? I, I, I appear to be free. No, um, but really, I don't come into town much on Fridays. Uh, it's just, whereas it used to be every Friday, that, that was it. And yeah. it would be a social account. And it would be catching up with people you've not seen. Now I catch up with people I've not seen throughout the week so that that's the only difference i, I mean, used to love the fridays yeah soho fridays were just walking up and down dean street practically and everybody was out and, and and you had so many amazing conversations obviously nothing in major detail but the ideas would be pinging around yeah. um i kind of miss it you know do you know what i miss and I, I noticed it more throughout lockdown and that is it's the incidental conversations yeah it's the accidental the bump into the, yeah. the quick chats you think oh i really i really like that that guy, that, that you know, really like her, really like him, really like them. We should get together. We should have a chat, and that obviously didn't happen. Everything was scheduled. Mm. Zoom calls were scheduled. You yes. didn't have accidental Zoom yeah. calls. So well, you did, but they were probably more embarrassing. Oh than, well, they could get fired useful. on those, don't they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but what happened was you these these like the side conversations that trigger something else yeah. that you think of, 
um, that can only happen where you've got a load of people in a similar sort of vicinity. And yeah, you, you say Dean Street, but it could be an Exmouth Market yeah. in the middle of the summer. It could be yeah. anything like this. You walk down, you see people, and it makes you realise. And then yeah. you start putting things together. Yes. And before you know it, your plan is done. You've got a crew around a table, yeah, exactly. and everyone's helped you do something. Indeed, and 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 you, you you've solved your problem by the time that you hit Old Compton Street. You know, yeah. you you oh, I need to talk to them, 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 and then off we go. Now, I I loved it, and I, and I do miss it. Although half of me doesn't. You know, the the the, the part that that goes with that of being on Dean Street on a Friday afternoon inevitably meant drinking far too much beer. Um, and you know, and that those, those seem like years behind me now. I, I hit January one with Jonathan. And we held hands into January one, twenty twenty, and we didn't drink at all. And I made it through to January twenty two, twenty twenty two. So I did two years, one month off the pop. Jonathan's still going, and God bless him, he, the man is amazing. What I'm doing this year, I've got a deal with Hannah, my daughter, who has written or built fifteen um, tokens that I'm allowed to use throughout the course of the year, and I have to buy them. So they're £10 a token. Now, the token just gives me the licence to drink beer on that day. Brilliant. <laughs> I know. I love it. I know. So I'm going to be t- cashing those in on the occasional summer Friday up and down Dean Street and uh, doing it properly, I think. But I'm, only 15. I appreciate her entrepreneurialism yeah. more than I anything, know. to be quite honest with I you. It's smart, isn't How it? How do I make money out of that drinking? <laughs> Oh, please, I've got to make sure my kids don't listen to this podcast. I, 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 know, I know you haven't been drinking, Daddy, but, but why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've got 300 tokens here if you fancy buying them at £30 each. Oh, I'm sure she'll inflate them next year as well. They'll be more expensive too. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you know, inflation is affecting everyone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that's a genius idea. But they, they kind of used to be meetings, um, public forum meetings, you know, because you'd have your mates on and people would come along and they'd join in and you'd have a chat. And obviously, you know, it's not all work, but, you know, the ideas would ping around. And we need something similar. We need some kind of forum that is informal now in a world that people don't keep coming into. And you can't do it on Zoom. You can't do it on Teams. It doesn't work, does it? No, you can't. Um, I mean, we have, we have a, as you know, with Cabal, we have a monthly get together of amazing people at dinner and actually the things that happen over these mm. these dinners we've got games night coming up we've got various other things and and actually it's those it's the ability to be able to share your challenges or what's going on in your mind and yeah. you might share it with one person you might share it with five you might share it with like, the entire table yeah but it's the idea of just being able to tap into some people that really don't do what you do have no vested interest in, in taking things in a certain direction they're just trying to help and be yeah. giving and give you some food for thought as much as anything. Yeah. And I think that these, the, the one, something I've noticed about the way people come into town now is that they're back to back all day. They'll come yeah. in on Tuesday and a Thursday yeah. and they pack their day. So even when they are in this place where you might have the accidental or incidental meetings um, or, or conversations, there's no time to have them because you've got yeah. such a schedule yeah. that, that I'm busy until seven o'clock yeah. and then I can relax. And that's, I think we need to make time for these things. Oh, and sometimes having less structure and the ability to just be yes. is really important. I agree. And, you know, I, I see you a lot in the in the Groucho, and, and I love the Groucho Club. There is a... Um, there's got to be something, a filter that they have in their, their membership that... Um, Everybody is just up for a conversation, and you know you, you can. It's it's not a it's not a nosy club, but if somebody overhears something that's interesting, you know people come over and say, "Like I heard you talking about that." You know, I'm doing this. Do you want to have a chat about? And I absolutely love it for that. So you get a kind of you get that a sense of that sort of serendipity, I guess, 
from there, it's good. You what know? a fine word, serendipity. It is a great word, word, isn't it? Yeah. It must have been on the crossword or something this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, but you're right. Which makes is... it serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not go down there. We're, we're, we're veering back into grammar world, yeah. aren't we? Uh, Yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even go there. I know I'll say something completely wrong at some point on this, and you'll you'll haul me over the coals. Well, you'll you'll see it on the transcript, and you can. Hey, did I? Did I? I meant fewer. <laughs> so, like, you you clearly love what you're doing, um, and it's going well. And you know, we we talk a lot about the projects that you're doing, and and I'm so excited and pleased for you. Um, you are heading towards a monumental decision, potentially, of how do you expand and what does employee number one into nurture look like? Wow. There, 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 you heard the silence just yeah. there. Um, um, yeah, I mean, the, those decisions are going to come along, but the, the other thing is we're not creating a business to sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lifestyle business. Um, we will create products within that business that we may well sell yep. at some point. And we will have shareholdings in other people's products, and they may choose to sell those. Yep. So there are multiple revenue streams. Um, in terms of expanding and taking people on, yep, that's absolutely in the plan. Um, we've still got a bit of expanding to do because the, the nature of what we do is nurture and partners. Yep. And so we outsource an awful lot of, of the stuff yep. we do. Yep. So there is no need. It's more likely to be like a TV production model where you have a very, very tight core team. Yep. And everything else is used on an as-a-when basis. So if you think about it, um, it's not dissimilar to some agency models yeah. where they don't want everything under one roof because they want to be able to work with the best in class. Yeah. So if you want but not to... have the overhead of them and downtime and Dan time. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, if you want a data specialist, data means different things to different people. So oh. you might not want the singular data specialist regarding you know, if you're working with a retail client versus a... An e-commerce to a to a gambling exactly. to a sports it's completely a, different need. Yeah. So so I think what you what it allows you to do it allows you to select the partner who is not just best in breed but best fit for that task, and that gives you the flexibility. And it, it, you don't need to in-house it because you're not mm. you're not ever going to be as good as the absolute specialist or the expert. And the fact is that everyone knows that we make money that way. Yeah. So we don't have to go, oh, you'll white label into us or you'll do something yep. like this. I want people to have direct relationships with our partners um, because sometimes it works for us and sometimes it works better for them. I'm totally cool with that. Gemma's totally cool with that because we want to do the best job for people. If that gets the best job, I want to, I want to work with people for five to ten years, yeah. not just have a one- or two-year flirtation yeah. and then find out that they've gone with someone else for something else. I'd yeah. rather evolve a relationship over a number of years and bring loads of people in to make it amazing. And if you make something amazing, it makes it impossible to put down. That I, I I agree, and uh, yeah, if it make if you make something amazing, you get recognised by the industry, and people start talking about you, and you know, you you grow naturally like that. But you also start getting into award territory. Is there you know there, there's got to be room for the, on the DC shelf uh, something? I'm sure it's got lots of glitter on it already. Um, uh, well, what are you after? Uh, just based based on the places I've worked, really. It's yeah, you know, we've between Naked and Seven Stars. Particularly, there we go in terms of media science. Yeah. That, yeah, there's a there's a few things that we picked up along the way, yeah. um, but I, equally up at CBS, I, I picked some things up as well. So, yeah. so, so yes, there's loads of stuff we'd like. It's recognition. I don't need I don't need the awards and the trinkets. I want the recognition, saying that is just amazing. That's the most fantastic body of work. And also, I'd like to be recognised for 
having an impact and making a difference somewhere. So that could be a social thing. It could be everyone wants to be involved with a piece of work or a movement that everyone goes, wow, where did that come from? That would be reward enough for me. I don't need a piece of metal with a date on to pop on the shelf because um, there's a few of those already. <laughs> and it's not how... It's, I don't think it's how people measure success. No, I genuinely it's a personal don't. measure of success, perhaps. You know, the, to tell your mates and the, you know, come around, oh, well, look what I've done, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. But um, by the same token, um, a lot of my mates would come around and say, oh, it doesn't really matter, though, Dan, it's just advertising. Uh, and they do something really sensible and grown up. So, so I just, it's not about the gongs. For me, it's about... Um, I love the idea of being associated with some amazing creative work in whatever sphere it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would... I'd, we have a, a, a TV treatment that is going in front of a few people, and that, for me, if that ever gets made, that would be amazing. Yep. That's us having written, created, and the point of that show, series, is to have a social impact. So it ticks every box. It's, we've made something great, we've created a new thing... Uh, that could potentially even go international or global. Um, but but the, finally, it's going to have an impact and it's going to change the way people do something. And if you can be responsible for anything that's a change, I think that uh, that's quite an achievement over and above any gongs on a shelf. Understood. And agreed. Um, Sounds very worthy, doesn't it? No. It's, 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 a, it's a genuine take on it. Yeah, and, and, and it is genuine. And, yeah. you know, I get it. Um but there are a lot of people going through. I'll sort of tie all these things together. There's, there's a lot of people going through change at the minute. So, you know, um, personal circumstances are changing. So, Google, had, I think, lost twelve thousand people in the last couple of weeks. You know, Twitter is. I'm not sure what Twitter is doing um, at the minute. Um, Made.com, Spotify. You know, they, they, there are a lot of people um, coming out into market, which gives opportunity. To you either you know you either carry on or you go into a different industry or you find a job in the industry or you go it alone. Now I, w- I wonder if there's anything from your wisdom that you might sort of tell to people who are in that situation right now to think about going alone. You know, what what would you, what could you tell? Could do you it. Encu- do, do it. it? Just do, do it. it. Uh, there is JFDI. an ele- There is there is an element of just do it. Yeah. Um, there's also a thing about it's fine to be wrong. Yep. Uh, and I know we all say you learn more from your failures. You genuinely do. Yeah. Um, but even when I was working for successful businesses, there were still things there that I've picked up that are things I won't do, not things I will take with me. So, so you learn from everything. I think just do it. I think for me, it was I would say find a a, a great business partner. Yeah. Or, or business partners doesn't have to be one. Um, and that is I've worked with some some people have become good friends who were solo founders. And that was the thing they found really tough, mm. not having anyone. Because, the, again, the lows are even lower and the highs are even higher. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you bounce all over yep. the place. And it's not a great place for mental health. Somewhere somewhere in those tram lines is really quite good. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that so I would, I'd say find someone or find some great advisors. Just talk to everyone you can about yeah. a business idea. Yeah. Right? Because... There's a sense of people say, oh, I'm going to keep it to myself because someone might copy it. Well, exactly. If it's copyable, it's not a great idea. Yeah. Unless you can do it in a different way or you bring something unique to the party, um, then it's probably not. And, you, and there's very few unique ideas. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the businesses we've talked about, Made.com is not a new idea, really. It had some new 
you know, really amazing things about it and yep. what it, its angle, its take on things was different. Fundamentally, it was a furniture retailer. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it just did it in a really smart way. I would also say, from my point of view, don't build a business just to sell it. Yes. If you're building a business purely to sell it, you're fundamentally building a business that you don't want to work in or won't want to work in. So you do things for the wrong reason. Yeah. I think that if you're constantly, if you're if you're building a business where you might be working there in ten or fifteen years' time, you make better decisions. Um, and the one thing is, just don't be a don't worship the money god. It's not yeah. all about money. If you're doing it for money, you're probably doing it for or just for money. Yeah. You're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. Having worked in a place where money was a couple of places where money was the north star. Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't admit it. Yeah, I'm fine with people who are just about the money. And it's like every time you get a big order, ring, ring the bell. That's yeah. absolutely fine. And you will employ people who are also pointing in that same direction. Absolutely, you end up with a really successful business. However, I think as a founder, as a startup, as an anything, I think it's got to be about more than money. Yeah, because that's what's going to give you your edge. the drive and you being representing yourself. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Do I- I, I would encourage people to do it, but the uh, yeah, and to figure out what you can add and how you can work for yourself. And the as you said at the beginning, you know, you you learn a lot about yourself, and and I did, and I think that there's got to be a point in your career where you maybe do go through it and you do go out into the world on your own because it's a learning curve that I think that you don't get. You don't get when you've got the security of a of a business of an organisation, corporation, whatever wrapped around you. I, th- I think I think it's good for the soul. It's also, terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it you is. Know. And and the other thing is, I think, funnily enough, businesses respect people who have gone off and tried something. I think so. More than they ever have in the past. Yeah. In the past, they would say, ah, oh, you don't really want to be part of our corporate world because you've clearly tried to start your own thing up. Um, people have side hustles all the time. Yeah. Side hustles are the things that make people in corporate roles more interesting. Absolutely. You know, and I think that... In the world of flexible working, we're going to see more and more sort of like three-day weeks and four-day weeks and someone doing something with their spare day or two days or spare five, six days a month. Um, and I think that is healthy. I think it works for people on a on a mental level, on a challenging level, on a just be more interesting mm. level. Yeah. You know, it, just, it allows you to, to be more than just the one-dimensional, I work here and I do this. I You're agree. not defined by a single thing. I completely agree. You know, the, 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 yes, the, the, the question is often, yeah, hi, I'm Adam, who are you? And what do you do? And you automatically define yourself by your job rather than you know, what are you interested in? What do you do? What are your hobbies? What do you yeah. believe in? It's, so having more than one thing there is really good. And I, and I completely agree on the, on the side hassle. I'm kind of thinking at the same time, I wonder where Hannah's going to go with this, you know, <laughs> That's what the minute is fleecing dad as much as you can. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be an entire pub where people have to pay to come in and drink. I agree. What an amazing idea. Yeah. As in, pay just to get in there, then pay to drink. There you go. There you go. A, a nightclub. Oh, yeah. I just reinvented the nightclub, but with purpose. Thanks very much. But I, Redistribution I, I, of wealth. I, th- I think the side hustle thing is absolutely essential, but, or even going on your own. You get the same skills for doing it because not only do you know what you're, you're then doing in a corporate, if you go back into it, you understand how your job affects everything else and how it all fits in together. And I don't think you necessarily get that. And it makes I mean, you question things as well. When, when you have a real world perspective on something that is not just the company or corporate perspective it makes you question everything 
and and what happens when you question everything now? But but uh, you you were trained to question everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I've, I've got a, a very good friend of mine and and, and former flatmate Sean Meekle. I always used to to bitch and moan about the fact that what used to what used to get you promoted now gets you fired mm. or sidelined. Not necessarily fired, but you know. We were brought up. You were. Brought, we were in an era where you questioned everything. Yep. Because by questioning everything, the end result got better. In some instances, now you can be too questioning, and you're seen as a thorn in the side, or you're slowing the process down, because people are so keen to get to a quick answer. Yeah. Um, now this almost flies in the face of my point about perfectionism. This is not perfectionism. This is just asking: Is this the best it can Do be? Do we understand it? And are we answering the question to the best of our capability? Yep. It's not perfectionism. It's just, is this the right thing to do? Or is it just the easy, convenient thing to mm. do? Is it because we've seen this happen before and we're just repeating it because it feels like a similar situation? Um, and were we happy with the thing that we did? Like, um, it's just, I think that we've got to question everything. I agree. Um, I think from a creative point of view, I think from a, from a, in a, in a media world point of view, it's like let's not do things just because they've done before, been done before. Let's do things oh, because that's the, they're that, the that's right thing. one of my hated, most hated, my hatedest <laughs> phrases that people use. Oh, we do it like that because that's what we do. Yeah. And well, hold on. You know, surely, surely we need to relook at this. And is it right for now? It might have been right then. We just do it because. Completely. I mean, if, if we don't ask questions all the time, we're not going to evolve, we're not going to develop, and we're not going to change. You know, we wouldn't have electric vehicles. We wouldn't have, yeah. we wouldn't have vehicles. We wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything changes, yeah. but it takes... And it's always the outliers. You know, I, th I think if you look at what's happening societally at, at the moment, it's, it's the loonies, that, as, 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 as the certain parts of the yeah. um, press would have us believe. It's, it's the extremes, it's the outliers that are going to make a difference. And in... 50 to 100 years, we'll be looking at them as heroes. Yes. You know, just like we look at suffragettes as being heroes That's absolutely now. Absolutely right, yeah. Um, okay, we might not agree with their, their means and things like that, but I, I think it's the, it's the people at the extremes that are making the difference, and effectively, eventually that becomes part of the mainstream, and it will. Certain parts of it will bleed into the mainstream and just become the way we do things. Mm. Um, and I think that we need to question everything we do in marketing terms and, and media and advertising terms as well, in exactly the same way. You know, instead of just pouring money into five or six different receptacles, yep. if you like, and, and hoping that the data tells us that it's working. Because I can get the data to tell you that anything's working if I look hard enough. Uh, absolutely. And if you, if you measure, you, you can always find something to measure, right? That's right. Yes. You know my bugbear about I know, the fact I know, that, I'm trying to bait you. Well, we I'm know. Try, I'm trying to bait you. Apparently, <laughs> there's more data out there than, than you can shake a shitty stick at. And people know more about human beings and individuals than they ever have done. Yep. The advertising world knows more about its target audience than so it things should be them. more effective, So right? it should be more effective. Yeah. Yet it looks to just about every single chart and every single metric I've seen that advertising effectiveness is at an all-time low. Um, go figure. Yeah. So we clearly are not applying the knowledge that we have about people or we don't really have the knowledge, we just have a bunch of stats and facts yeah. and we're not knitting them together into a coherent picture of why people behave. We know what they do, we don't necessarily know why they do it because if we knew why they did it, we'd be able to change that and influence it. Absolutely. There. I'll stop up for breath now. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm still going to bait you again. So what is your favourite digital ad? Oh, I have absolutely <laughs> none. Uh, no, they're, they are, they're disposable. Yeah. You know, it's, um, they are, I'm not saying they don't work. 
Yeah, I'm far from a Luddite. Mm. I understand how they work and, and things obviously do work. But, um, yeah, I, I, I struggle when there's... There's a difference between the avatar, the advertising, the digital ads and the digital experiences that win awards and yeah. the ones that people actually see. Yes. Yeah. So I, I endlessly see loads of amazing digital activations, but I'm thinking, why didn't I actually see that anywhere in my feed? Why wasn't it? And then, yeah. Oh, it's the ad blocker. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah but, it's, it's, so there's technology that people yeah. are going out of their way. Yeah. It's a bit like you know putting your hands over. We're going to make a cup of tea in the in the TV ad break, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the equivalent yeah. of it. Yeah. But I think that it's really difficult to create a memorable piece of digital advertising when it's so fleeting mm. and it seems to be made and it's so immediately disposable. So it's being created to be disposed of and be replaced by something very quickly, whereas back in the day, without wanting to sound like an old man, you created things that were built to last. Absolutely. And you would build them to drive frequency, and yep. if you ask people what their favourite TV ad is, they normally talk about something that's probably about 15 years old. It, it, yeah, they do. It's a little bit older for me. It's Carling Black Label. You know, the, the, the whole... Um, the whole campaigns, but there, there was one in particular that I think they took three, uh, they, they took over an ad break and there were three different ads. One of them was a soap commercial, one of them was a Western, one was a car or something. And they just broke into each other and it was just spectacular. Which in actual you know? fact is pretty much taken straight out of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. As a concept it yeah. is, you know, when yeah. they go from one studio to another studio yeah. and, and it's mixing yeah. up of all different pieces. Exactly. So so they borrow from from popular culture, if you like, or film culture, yeah. and to create something. I, but, I, you know, I, I was like... Sorry, just cut bla Blazing Saddles, obviously, you wouldn't be able to make Blazing Saddles these Not days. A you know, the, the, the cast and crew would look at the script and read it and say, well, this is just Blazing Saddles. Yeah. No? Yeah. Not I'm, at all. Come I'm, on. I'm getting cancelled. Yes. Uh, it's anywhere. a good joke. It's not. It's, it's, it's a shocker. It's a shocker. Oh, uh, oh, thank God for an editing tweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, so yeah, I was lucky enough to work on Honda Cog with Wyden and Kennedy, which, yeah. which to me is one of my favourite things I've ever worked on. Definitely, it's an amazing out of the time. Was that the um, the Great Egg Race? Uh, uh, it was like the mousetrap, effectively, yeah. if you remember. So there was the you didn't see the car till the very last yeah, shot. So amazing purpose. Yeah, and this was a two-minute ad. Yeah, You don't make two-minute ads. You'd have to be mad. Why? Because yeah. it doesn't work for media efficiency. No, it doesn't. But if the ad is amazing, it works. Um, the problem was we crashed the website because there were too many people going to Honda to try and find the ad. Yeah. So so that shows it, it worked well. So there are some amazing things out there. I just don't think that, that digital is set up for a necessarily memorable advertising no, service. I, I and agree. that's cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's a bit like saying, what was your favourite... Ever, you know, ad for a car in Auto Trader? Doesn't mean I didn't buy a oh, car the, from the, Auto the, the Trader. The red um, Austin Allegro, the <laughs> final roof, P, P Reg. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. So yeah. so they're not designed to to live. No, or, I agree. Know, to, to stand the test of time. Uh, it's also playing to a, an audience that have got no attention or concern. <laughs> come on, I'm trying to. I'm coming. Go, go no, one of them. I'm not. I'm no. not going to let you get away with that. That's a shock. You're not coming back on this. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant! I love it. But yeah, I just—they're not—they're not, yeah, designed to stand the test of time. Are no, they? no. They and you know, actually, joking aside, you know, the, the 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 audience doesn't have any concentration. You know, I watch my daughter, and she's on TikTok and she's scrolling, and she's got two or three seconds of attention for you for every new thing that comes in, and if it doesn't grab you immediately, she's gone. 
and the amount of amazing things that she's never, ever going to see because she doesn't have the attention span to watch a film, to, to pay attention, to watch even a TV series. It's six seconds, then I'm gone. So that's so really how does advertising do that? How does it work with that? Does it have to? I mean, well, what in that case? Well, no, it, it doesn't have to. Works. It could be a media that, that is ad-free, you know, but it's work. It's really bad, you know. You've got to get the message across in the first X number of seconds, whether it's six seconds or three seconds yeah. or what. And there's, there's loads of evidence to say yeah. this is what happened and the rest is just a filler, yeah. But, but if that's the truth, why aren't we selling TV ads in six-second breaks? I, I, I think we will be. I, I, it may I, well I see it happening. Yeah, yeah. Blipverts. I mean, yeah, it's not a new thing, is it? Well, it feels like the, the, it feels like tens are more concentrated now than they they used to be. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of getting there, especially when you've got loads of T's and C's to put in there. Oh, of course, absolutely. That, that yeah. makes you've got one, ads, one second it? for the ad, and then your your, yeah. your your ad read at the back. But I just Good think God. that I, I think that the world is. I think that we are we're becoming smarter, and I think that advertising advertising is always going to be here. Mm. You know, I think branded content now is looking a lot better than it ever has because it's subtly branded. Agreed. So people aren't thinking, I've got to make it into an infomercial. Yes. They're thinking, no, I just need to be the host and facilitator of this programme. Uh, absolutely. Um, I don't need loads of product placement throughout. No. Yeah, and this, you know, it's, I know people accuse certain movie franchises of over-product over placement, but the fact is, if it fits and if it adds to the story and feels authentic, that's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't chop and change the watch brand or the whatever brand on too regular basis. Well, it's exactly. Got to fit between a BMW and a Aston Martin and an Amiga and a Re yeah, you know, it's yeah, you notice. Well, you know? well, some people do. Yeah, yeah it depends yeah. how long the relationship and the franchise is. But I do think that there are so many smart ways of engaging audiences. I mean, I just so you say that people can't, a lot of people can't focus or, or concentrate for a long period of time. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Oh, we've got to get the drum and the cymbals in here, haven't we? I'll give you that one. But <laughs> thank you. But you know, you, I'll stop now. You, you see people, and especially because we work with so many speakers, we see them, and they they will. You know, there's a reason a TED talk is 20 minutes long and not 45 yeah. minutes long. Um, but you look at it, and these are the narrative art is really carefully scripted throughout, so that it maintains your attention, and there is something for you to take out of it on a regular basis. It's not 20 minutes, and you just get a beginning and end. And I've seen some of the some of the speakers we work with, and they they constantly bring things in and reinforce throughout. And and they've had people who literally are awestruck for an hour. So I do think people can concentrate. I just think that we have too many distractions as well. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope it's just a a small percentage that are losing their concentration because you know, it, it it worries me. You know, there, there's so much amazing material that they'll just otherwise never discover. Or they'll, or they'll experience it at a very superficial level where there is absolutely no depth whatsoever. And that's the, the multitasking myth, isn't it? When you're doing something here, whilst that's on and that's on. Yeah. Um, and, and then you, you get to the end of the day and you think, I've had loads of things going in, but I've, I've not retained anything. Yeah, what did you do today? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nothing much. Maybe that's why the kids always say that then. Yeah, how was school today? Yeah, it was all right. What did you do? Uh, lessons. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Oh, lessons again. That's good. <laughs> really? Nothing stood out at all whatsoever? Wow. Um, um, I knew that this was going to be an amazing, sprawling <laughs> conversation. And, uh, you know, we made notes at the beginning uh, to go through various things. But I feel that we've covered everything in a in a roundabout, random, amazingly uh, interesting way. But there is one particular question I want to round off on. Of course there um, is. 
I, I I never knew that this industry existed, and I, I I fell into it. And as I've fallen into it, it, I found that it suited me down to the ground, and I absolutely love it. I suspect that there'll be a lot of people out there that don't know that the industry is there. Um, what would you do? What would you suggest to people potentially who are thinking about maybe getting into Adland? Um, how would you go about it? How would you go about it if you knew about the industry? How would I go about getting in? Mm. Well, first of all, I think you need to realise it. it is a people business. Full stop. Yep. It's, you know, it's, it's by people, influencing people to get people to go and do something made by other people. That's, it, 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 so, so people are everything. In terms of getting in, I think just be on the front foot and go and start to find people within the business. There are loads of people. LinkedIn didn't exist when we were mm. trying to get in. So you can pinpoint people. You can find out who's open to mentoring, who's open to to help. There's a... There are loads of ways into this industry. There's more ways in now than there ever were and for more different types of people. It's not just getting into agencies. Yeah. You have a whole world of media owners. Um, and also, I think the people that are running businesses at the moment didn't, like running agencies, they didn't all come in through the agency world. People move, move around, around a yeah. lot more. So the, if, if your aim is to get in, there are... Endless internships. I mean, there really are. Mm. And, and there's some people that don't even know they can take interns on. So just get some experience and get, you've got to kind of live within it to find out what you do and don't want to be. I left university having studied advertising, marketing and media. Did you? All I knew was I didn't want to get into advertising. Marketing or media. <laughs> so I promptly ended up with a job at an advertising agency <laughs> on Golden Square. Amazing. I mean, and, but this was because in actual fact, a lot of the people I knew were going for it. Mm. So I was obsessed by it. You know, yeah. Back then, I'd be reading all the trade press. Yeah. So I would say, look, read about it, immerse yourself in yeah. it, go to stuff. There are events that you can attend for free if you, yeah. yeah, if you, there's a lot of the media own events that they host where actually if students approach them and say, look, I'd really like to come along to it, is that, is there any way I could? You know, half these things are on Eventbrite. Mm. You know, you look at things that are happening in that world. Um, so, so I just think you've got to immerse yourself in it. And the other thing is, it doesn't matter if it's London or not. You know, we're becoming less London-centric than we have been in some time. There we are really are. Yeah. thriving hubs around the UK. Um, I'm, they're always going to be primarily city hubs because that's where you get creative communities. Mm -hmm. And creative folk want to work in creative communities. Yeah. Um, and also, that's how you move around a bit and, and, and change job and experience yeah. other things. But I think that if people can get their head... Yeah, if someone was to contact me for example, and say, how do I get in? I would work with someone and say, look, let's see who we can get you into. Yeah. So I think that you can approach people. Um, we're all a lot more approachable than than you might think. Um, we're a lot kinder in our old age than we probably are in a, a younger Yeah, age. I think it's probably true. And I think that we are here to to give and help. Uh, and so I just, I just engage with people, you know, because also there is something very appealing about someone wanting to yeah, interesting people get me interested mm. you know so and interested people are interesting yep. so i think get on the front foot get into touch in sorry get in touch with people um and just make it a really simple ask give us a job it's a bit like that or can you help me get a job can yeah. you help me get an in i'd really like to work here do you think you can help me yeah or have you got half an hour for a coffee yeah, and a conversation, not could you mentor me for the next 23 years? Yeah, I'd like an hour every week, thank you very much. But just make it quite singular. And I think that's, if you can ask people a single question, 
and I think a lot of people help. So, Dan, uh, have you got half an hour for a pint now? I've always got half an hour for a pint with you, Adam. There you go. Thank you for listening to Let's Do the Right Thing in association with Radio Works, the UK's largest independent radio advertising agency. Let's Do the Right Thing is a Maple Street Creative production, devised and presented by Adam Hopkinson. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.